1: Italiano
0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Fossa Italian Football. Podcast. I am your fill-in host, Nicholas Carroll. Connor can't be with us today, so hopefully I can um, do a decent job of uh, filling in for him. Joining me, uh, as always, is Vito Doria. Also, just waking up like me uh, in Australia. Vito, how are you going this morning?
2: I've been good, Nick. Yeah, just want to wish all of our listeners a happy Easter and. Um, It's taken a bit of time to recover, but hopefully we can pull
0: through. Indeed, it is a bit of an Easter special for us. And to join us in that celebration, it's a podcast debut for Tom Probert. Welcome, Tom.
3: Cheers. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to discussing an intriguing weekend of results with you.
0: Indeed. And I guess there's no better place to start than with the last match of the round. It was between Juventus, Juventus and Milan. this one, this one. Particularly with the return, hard, return of Leonardo Bonucci to Turin, uh, it ended of course three-one to Juventus. Uh, Vito, I'll start with you. Um, basically, what happened? Uh, take us through the main kind of aspects to that match.
2: Paulo Dybala opened the scoring for Juventus with a fantastic strike outside of the box and then leonardo bonucci on his return to the Juventus stadium got the equalizer for the rossoneri then in the second half um milan had some chances to actually take the lead themselves but then with less than 20 minutes to go juventus pulled through with goals from juan Cuadrado on his return and then uh, sammy kadira sealed the result with uh, minutes remaining <laughs>
0: Tom, I guess it's you know it's probably been said so many times, a bit of a cliche at the, at the at the moment with Juventus, but it's just a matter of them just turning up and getting the job done season after season, match after match, and they seem to have done it again in a big match.
3: Yeah, it's uh, indicative of a team that's won six Sierra titles in a row. They know how to do it. They've ground out a result against a, a informed Milan side who who played well as well. Um, I mean, Chalinole hitting the bar, Ventura uh, blazed a half chance over. They had chances, but yeah, Juventus just that level above that you expect from a title winning side, really.
0: Vito, um, we'll just stick with Juventus for the time being. Um, you mentioned Juan Condrado on his return. He got that goal. Um, there's been some mixed, I guess, um talk about him you know that a lot of people aren't the biggest fans of him do you see much of a of a future for him in this team given the likes of uh, the new players that have come in with Diego Costa and uh, Bernardeschi as well
2: I personally see a future because I do think he's a great contributor with his speed his uh, crossing ability and also his knack to get some goals from the wing but I suppose with those signings such as Douglas Costa and Bernardeski, um, in the long term, he might not have much of a future. So even if he does stay beyond this season, maybe he might just have two more years with Bianco Bianconeri, and that would be all. Another thing to keep in mind is that Marco Piazza is at uh, Schalke on loan. And although he plays on a different wing, that is another wing option there so the way Juve operate they're not going to spend huge money on one player aside from Higuaín of course but in most positions they try to make sure they have as much depth as possible so even a player like Cuadrado who has been a pretty good contributor for the Bianconeri since he's been there a player like him can still be replaceable
0: and I wanted to touch on Sammy Kadira because he's a weird one for me um I, I think he's a shadow of the of what he has been for Juventus in previous seasons and for much of that match I thought he was somewhat lost um but then he came through at the end um he was crucially provided the assist and then scored the the final goal um just um I'll throw it out to either of you um Tom you can come in if you want um first but What's I guess in the same light? What's his future with this team? Because I'm I'm just not sure. There's much there, and particularly when we're looking at Juventus in the Champions League, I'm I'm not sure he's quite at that um, that level that the Bianconeri need if they're going to su- succeed at that level.
3: Um, yeah, I agree to a certain extent. Um, I think this season he's not quite hit the heights that he's we've been used to from him. Uh, but again, against Milan, he did. Show two moments of quality that proves he's still got, um, you know, a tendency to pull out a world class moment in a game. So, I think for this season, maybe next season, he's good to have around, good in the squad. But I think beyond that, um, they'll be looking to replace him reasonably soon.
0: Vito, did you have any thoughts on Kadira before I move on to Milan?
2: Kadira is a player that. Usually has uh, some, yeah, rather debatable. Was it? I wouldn't say debatable choices of roles because he's a box to box midfielder. But I think what is expected of him can vary depending on who you are. I reckon he's a box to box midfielder, and some people might think he's hap- he's better off just being a defensive mid and just doing the ball winning stuff. But for me, he's meant to be the complete package, and I find that. He is not consistent enough. I do believe that he's a guy that can provide assists and he can chip in with a few goals here and there too. He knows how to get into scoring positions and bury chances. So I do believe that in that aspect, we're probably not seeing enough of that from him. And although he's not a striker, I still feel he is another avenue for Juventus to provide goals. His future beyond this season I do think is questionable though because he has been a player that has battled with injuries in the past. So I would be surprised if he did play at Juventus beyond this season. And more so than Kuchara, I cannot see him lasting more than a year or two.
0: Yeah, so I guess not. To, I don't want to finish off on kind of two negative notes for Juventus because obviously it was a – a masterclass by them showing once again why they are the best in Celia. but we will move on to milan um, starting with leonardo Bonucci's goal which um it was somewhat hollywood-esque coming back to juventus stadium and scoring the goal um just a quick one with you guys because we see often in modern football that players won't celebrate against their former teams but he um he, he seem to celebrate a reasonable amount are there any issues with either of you two with that
3: um for me not particularly i've never really had too much of an issue with a player celebrating against his former club um yeah he served his time well at juventus but he's moved on to milan now and he's he scored a goal which would have been beneficial for their uh, push towards the champions league so no i've
2: i've got no issue with it at all actually Considering the way that he left the club, I don't think there's much of an issue with it either. Uh, there was talk that he was booed during the game. So I reckon that if you're going to get booed by your fans, especially if you're getting uh, booed during every touch you have of the ball, I think it's more than justified. And I reckon he has every reason to feel happy to score for the Rossoneri.
0: Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I love to disagree with you guys, but I'm I kind of on the same wavelength with that. As I find it, I don't see any problems as long as it's somewhat respectful, where they're not kind of taking the piss. As I think, um, was it Adibayol that did it with um, Arsenal a couple of years ago, or quite a few years ago? But um, yeah, that's that's a that's a whole another story. I think that one. Um, moving on, I want to go to Andre Silva because. Vito, you'd probably know firsthand we've been very harsh on Nikola Kalinic pretty much all season and, well, for us even the last couple of seasons when he was at Fiorentina. Um, I'll admit I am not his biggest fan at all. But um, Silva missed an absolute sitter in this and, you know, for something that could have been a crucial goal for Milan. You know, we are harsh on Kalinic, so... I guess we have to kind of put Silver on the, under the same microscope. Um, you know, how much is he at fault in this match? And, you know, does he deserve more time in the starting lineup, given that he's only kind of come in to the starting 11 recently?
2: Sorry, I'll go Sometimes, to you. sometimes you can't really just uh, scrutinize a player on the basis of one miss. Um, There are times where players just miss easy shots and you cringe when they do miss them. But in the case of Andre Silva, he has not always been a regular starter for AC Milan. So I am happy to give him the benefit of the doubt for the time being. Comparing him to Kalinic, I see as different. And although something might might see it as being hypocritical, but with Kalinic, he has underperformed consistently and he has missed chances on a consistent basis. So in the case of Silva, I don't think he has been given the chances that uh, Kalinch has been. And it's just the amount of time of Andre Silva just getting more chances to play and m- maybe being more able to utilize the time that he has as well, because he had scored two goals in the last two games and coming against the Juventus was always going to be tough, not just for Andre Silva, but for anyone in the AC Milan squad. So you know, I don't think he should take that too much to heart. And hopefully it just gives him more reason to redeem himself in the derby.
0: Yeah, um, you mentioned the derby, and we will go through that um, in a little while. But Tom, I'll just stick with Milan for the time being um you know while it was a loss I, I don't think there's too much to be that negative about after the match given it was their first loss in Serie A in 11 matches so where where do you think this leaves Milan after that match and um do you think fans should still hold out any hope for Champions League
3: Um no I agree they played they played well um for large parts of the game they looked like they were going to at least get a point um but in, in all honesty i don't think going away to juventus any team even napoli a defeat's not you know a bad result really well maybe for napoli actually but for everyone else in the league a defeat away at juventus it's it's never you know it's almost expected um but i think it's even ludicrous that we're discussing milan being close to the champions league places given their start to the season under montella anyway so it's all credit to Gattuso that we're even still talking about them being in with a chance. But I, yeah, to be honest, I don't think so. I think it's slightly beyond reach now, eight points behind Inter. I mean, if they win the derby, that's it cuts it down to five points. But it's one of those, really. I think, I think it's just a little bit beyond them. And I think a Europa League spot, get a couple more players in in the summer and potentially then next season, then they can really push on.
0: Definitely. Um, we, as I mentioned, we will get to the the Milan Derby shortly, but we'll just go through a couple other matches first, quickly, um, from last weekend, starting with sassuolo Napoli, which ended one one. Um, Napoli fans will be heartbroken, particularly after it was only um, last time around last uh, round where Juventus dropped points against Spa, and you don't you can't think that do do that too often so um you know a lot of us have made excuses for napoli during the season myself included uh, whether it's injuries or uh, scheduling with uh, european commitments but for this veto there's really no excuses for this that it is a match where they really have to win it
2: definitely as much as i've admired napoli's play not just this season but for the last three seasons, it's come to the point that winning is becoming a necessity and it should become essential, to be honest. Uh, they've been close to there for quite a while and bottling these kind of games is not the th- kind of thing you have to do or not the thing you should be doing if you're going to be trying to fight for the Scudetto. Um, this is more than likely one of those games that will caused Napoli to lose grasp of the title. And from uh, now and probably after this season, I really wonder if Napoli can even really challenge for the Scudetto. It seems that once this season has completed and if Juve ends up winning it, I do really wonder if uh, Napoli have to spend more money on the transfer market to... Build a team and have enough depth to fight for the Scudetto, or if the priority should lie elsewhere, like going deep into Europe or trying to win the Coppa Italia instead.
0: Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, um, and I guess it provides a nice segue to my next point, which was uh, on Marek Hamšík, who I guess is is almost um, almost uh, characterizes Napoli's rise um, himself and. He's um He hasn't been starting of late. I think he's only started one of the last four um, matches, Serie A matches, for Napoli. And for me personally, I, I just find that they don't tick as much. It just doesn't quite flow as much when Hamsik is not on the field. So I don't know, I'll put it to you, Tom. Um, do you think that, like I know there's a bit of a, a with Zielinski coming up, there's a bit of a handover almost, it seems, of late. But, I mean, Hamsik, he's only 30 years old. So, um, you know, it, it does kind of, I have a lot of questions in what's going on there. So what are your thoughts on the whole Hamsik situation? Should he be starting every match? And um, as, as Vito kind of uh, mentioned there, is, is this Napoli kind of getting to the end of this cycle?
3: Um, yeah, I think with Hamsik, um, I think we'll see him come back into the fold for the final remaining fi- fixtures. I think um, his absence has been telling in the uh, in the last three or four fixtures where he hasn't actually started. Undoubtedly, Zien- Zielinski's a phenomenal talent and he-, he could be the successor. But I, I still think hamzik has got a good two, three years left in him, to be honest. I I, I haven't seen too many signs of rapid decline in his game. Um and he's been so central to Napoli's uh, performance this season and in previous seasons that I still think if he gets back into the starting 11 for the, the remaining fixtures, it could, uh, I mean, everyone's sort of thinking that Juventus might go on and seal the title now. But I mean, I still think Napoli have a few opportunities to, to claw a few points back on them. So I think Hamsik could be key to that in the final running.
2: Although I haven't seen signs of rapid decline from Hamsik, but I think in general throughout the season, there probably have been some slight signs of decline. And I base that mostly because he is over 30 years old. And in his prime, he was a very quick and very speedy player. His role has changed under Sarri, and he does play deeper than what he did under Matsari, and then under Benitez. But I think now there's more reliance on his experience, his football brain, and his technique. Perhaps moving on from this season, he might be able to play in the same role that he has under Sarri, or maybe, just as a tactical experiment, maybe he should play in that same role Jorginho plays or Amadou Diara plays in moderation. Perhaps maybe being a deep-lying playmaker in, say, the Andrea Pirlo mould, maybe that could extend a few more years onto his career. That's probably one possible suggestion that could um, extend his career. And maybe that's something Sari could think about.
0: Yeah, some interesting
2: thoughts there.
0: Um, I certainly think he's still got a future for, yeah, as, as you both kind of alluded to, it, a few seasons. And there is there is a... A bit of a depth in uh, midfield there now with uh, some quality youngsters coming up and um you know i i, I just think there's there's got to be room for him somewhere for the time being because i just think he's so important to that team even now um but you look, know, look every every week i've kind of noticed the A community with every result where we're hearing a lot of well the 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 A race is over and then juventus drew with spal and then it was the titles back on And now Napoli drew and then it's the title's done. It's kind of changing based on every result and it kind of annoys me a bit. So I'm not going to get into that kind of thing. But all I'm going to ask both of you is can Napoli still win the title this season? I'll go with you, Tom, and then Vito, you can follow.
1: That's borough.com slash ACAST. borough.com slash ACAST.
3: Uh, Yeah, I definitely do, particularly if Juventus get through um, the round uh, of quarterfinal against uh, Real Madrid in the Champions League. I think then that gives them an added distraction. So, yeah, I do think uh, Napoli could definitely go on to win it.
2: Uh, To be honest, I'm personally losing faith. I was a great believer for the majority of this season, but I think the form in recent months suggests to me that I don't think they've got the right mentality or they're not replicating the form that they have produced in previous months and seasons. So I'm going to be a bit pessimistic and say that Juve will win a That's all. In saying that, I really hope Napoli pull off a miracle and prove me wrong and you know, win that third too, and show that, you know, you can win in Italy with style.
0: Yeah, it is looking somewhat improbable more and more, but, but um, I, I will side with Tom in that if they continue on in the Champions League, I, I'm holding out hope. It might be a bit of blind faith, but, you know, I'll, I'll keep it going for as long as I can. Um, we'll move on to the next match. It was another uh, drop points for one of the top teams in Roma, 1-1 against Bologna. I don't want to go too much into this match because we still have a lot to talk about with the derby, the midweek derby coming up in Milan. So um, just quickly, it was kind of one of those matches with Roma. They always seem to have these matches in them where they dominate, Uh, In terms of possession shots, they had uh, 70% of possession, 17 shots to Bologna's six, and they end up with a draw. Um, I think we've seen this a few times this season already. Chievo, uh, 0-0, Genoa 1-1, and also, to somewhat of an extent, Sassuolo 1-1 as well. Um, I guess this is the difference between them and the likes of Juve or Napoli, where. Just Roma just have these matches in them? It's I, I'm not sure if it's an overall performance issue, but they just can't seem to finish these kind of games off. Vito, you know, um, anything to say about this kind of game?
2: It seemed that they had the Champions League game against Barcelona in mind because Patrick Schick started in, in attack and then Eden Dzeko came in the second half and once he was on, he was the one that equalised for the Rossi. Uh, what I believe is that they do need more shooting practice. That's for certain because they do create the chances, as you mentioned, but the accuracy is a lot to be desired, to be honest. They really need to improve. So I think from that aspect, they definitely need to work on that part of their game. But in general, perhaps maybe the way they move the ball, perhaps they can be a lot more quicker. And in that aspect, perhaps by passing the ball quickly or running quicker, they might unsettle the fences a lot more than give them that additional time to set up properly.
0: Yeah, and Tom, uh, Vito just alluded to the whole, um, was spoke about the Patrick Schick starting and then Dzeko coming on and obviously scoring their goal. Do you think that was an error on Di Francesco's um, position or is it kind of fair enough given that,
3: Barcelona's coming up? Um, uh, well, I think it, it, it's easy to say in hindsight it was an error. Um, but in all honesty, I, I'd have probably um, done the same with an eye on Barcelona midweek, just because um, I, can't, I can't really see them dropping out the top four. Um, they've they they've been good enough. I think they've been better than Inter, Lazio and Milan um, through the whole course of the season. They're, they've had six defeats. Four have come against the top six and then their other two defeats were Atalanta and Sampdoria so I don't really see them they might get an odd silly draw like they've been doing and they've been prone to but no no I think it's it's good to have an eye on Barcelona because it's their one chance to you know that, that it's they've got to go all in against them because Barcelona is such a quality team but um I watched um part of severe Barcelona at the weekend which finished two all um and Barcelona defensively were really susceptible. I think they can be got at. Um, it could have easily been 4-0 to Sevilla and then Messi came on, changed the game completely. Scored. Uh, they scored two later on. So I think um, Di Francesco will watch that and he'll see that they've definitely got a chance to get at the Barcelona defence. So I, I know they've got the problem of Messi and they're a fantastic team, but I think um, Di Francesco, you know, he might be proved right by Rest in Jacko because he could cause Barcelona some mayhem.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's I, I kind of agree with you that there's there's not much chance of them for me dropping out of the the Champions League positions. So you know I don't particularly mind it, and and I don't, and I think it's it's almost I don't want to take away from Patrick Schick either because I think he has earned that kind of position as well. Um, he he does um, justify it somewhat, but. Um, I'll, I'll just stay with you Tom because you mentioned the half and you seem to have a bit of confidence there do you, in all do you realistically think Roma can pull pull it off
3: um I've, in all honesty I don't I don't think they will over two legs but um just watching them against severe um PKM and, and TTPK was um out of position numerous occasions I don't he's half the player he used to be and I do think um with roma's pace on the wings and jacko in the middle they can cause a bit of havoc they might not be good enough to defeat them over two legs but in a in a one-off tie i reckon maybe but not maybe not over two legs might be a bit of a stretch for them
0: yeah well uh certainly you think they're going to need to score quite a few goals across both legs uh, so hopefully they can um uh, Improve their shooting a little bit from this weekend's match. We'll move on to the next one. Inter three Verona nil, and remarkably, Inter is in a position where if they were to win the derby midweek, they actually go back into third position, which just seems ridiculous given their form uh, for most of 2018. It's um. It's kind of insane that they're still able to be at, at those heights. But, um, Vito, I'll just go with you. Um, the last two games, Inter have seemed to completely turn it around and some of their players who just had no form whatsoever have just miraculously found it, uh, particularly the likes of Ivan Perisic and Marcelo Brozovic, and, which has obviously helped out Mara Akadi in front of goal. It's
2: a big <clears throat> Pardon me. The main difference uh, here between uh, the reform before the recent wins and now is that Spalletti getting his midfield set up right. Now there's more fluidity in the midfield. There's a bit more creativity, and it's not just about workmen like players and trying to win the ball back. The players in midfield actually know how to use the ball properly. Um, Gayardini he provides a lot of energy, but I think he's showing more confidence on the ball, albeit his shooting can be improved. Bozovic in this new role is doing well for the team. It's not about himself. He's actually doing the hard yards for his teammates. And Rafinha is playing in the treka, trequatista role, and I reckon that suits him pretty well. So that gives Kandreva, Icardi, and Perisic. More confidence going forward because he's a younger player than Borja Valero, and he's also nowhere as slow as Valero. So I think that helps in when they're going forward or if they're launching counter attacks.
0: Uh, I've made no secret of being a very big Ivan Perisic fan myself, and um, I'm often tweeting about statistics around him. And um, the last couple of weeks um, he's been back in form, obviously. And I looked back at the results and. Um, I found that when he is uh, when Perisic scores, Inter have won every match this season, and they've averaged uh, three goals a match, conceding just a total of one goal. So it seems like when Perisic is on, then Inter are on, and it it's, it does kind of make sense in that um, when things are ticking with them, that uh, those attacking players are actually getting involved when otherwise they're somewhat isolated. Uh, Tom. Thoughts on Perisic and his importance for this team.
3: Uh, yeah, I think um, creativity has been a massive issue for into this season. Um, they've drawn ten games, which is more than a third of the games they've played, and that's indicative of a team that lacks creativity. Obviously, you can't if you can't break a team down, you're you're not going to win games. Um, so, I think Perisic coming back into the fold is fantastic for them. Um, it, they've shown that in the five mil demolition of Sampdoria and then beating Verona 3-0. I think Perisic was involved in all three goals against Verona. He he was a bright spark and I think they really need that and like um, Vito said with the uh, Spoletti getting the the midfield right this time so there's a bit more fluidity, a bit more creativity. I think that will help them in the running. It's whether they, they can then keep it up and not draw so many because uh, they haven't really lost many this season. It's just they've just dropped silly points just, I think, for a sheer lack of creativity.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'll 100% agree with you there. And just to echo the thoughts on uh, from Vito on Brozovic, because I am one that gives him a lot of flack, um, and more so about his attitude, because I don't think his talent was ever really in question. It's just sometimes his head is not there at all. But um, credit to him, he has been a big part of that Midfield turnaround, which has helped um, the, the attack get into the game and get into some form. So it's just a matter of whether he can keep motivated, which um, which is you know we'll we'll see what happens there. But I'm sure Spalletti will be looking for a bit of consistency now that they've found a bit of form. Uh, Vito, you mentioned Galliadini not being able to shoot. I think he had about five five decent chances where he could have slotted any of those away. But another one that just can't buy a goal is Antonio Condreva, who I mean, I'm not his biggest fan, but um I almost I felt a bit bad for him. And then he hit the when he hit the post, I actually I don't laugh out loud very often, but I actually actually physically laughed out loud because it was just you couldn't you couldn't script it. It's just too funny. Um <laughs> Vito Condreva, what are your thoughts? What's what can he do?
2: Unfortunately, he seems to be really lacking in the technical department this season. Uh, again, it maybe he just needs extra time in training training to work on his shooting practice because he's about he's 31 years old this year and he still has the speed, he still has the energy. So he's a player that does work hard and he can do the team things, but it's just you know that. Use. And it's come to the point with Inter, especially, they need players who are confident on the ball and they're going to use it with great efficiency. And sadly, this season, Contreras has not provided it. Um, probably for his sake, you know, he should try and, you know, work on that accuracy so he can, uh, you know, sustain a spot beyond this season. But at the moment, it's not looking good for him anyway. And that's a bit of a shame because, obviously Icardi is just a natural finisher and Perisic provides a bit of an X factor too. So he can be a match winner as well, but Kandreva does not really provide that, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. It's almost as if he's the, that last kind of link that's just to that attack that's missing, because you think if he was, if him or someone in his position was really on form, then that attack would just be working amazingly. But, um, you know we, we will uh, kind of look ahead now um, there's still a few matches that happened last weekend and we will briefly touch on them but obviously this week we'll see the Milan derby uh, being played after being postponed um, it's an interesting one because, Vito, I actually listened to uh, your starring appearance on an Australian uh, radio show, uh, t- previewing the the Derby, which was quite good, um, and you made a really a good point that with regards to the form, obviously, when it was originally going to be played, Inter were, uh, were looking like going basically nowhere, their form wasn't there. Um, Milan were in great form. And Milan still are in good form, obviously, coming off the back of a loss. But now, obviously, it's been as a result of tragic circumstances, but it's somewhat fortunate timing for Inter because they have found that form. So, Vito, what what can we expect from this match?
2: It is uh, unfortunate that the game has to be played this week, obviously, with the passing of Davide Astori that meant that the derby could not play be played at its original schedule in saying that i think this is where inter can benefit more than ac milan and that is because they have the form now and the way they are clicking now with spalletti's choices in personnel i think this will mean that there will be a more open game and i can see both teams going for the win instead of trying to cancel each other out I think the game will be played at a good tempo. I think both teams will not be your stereotypically cautious teams in the Italian style. I think uh, both teams have uh, positions in Europe at stake. So, Inter have a great opportunity to get back into the Champions League spots, and AC Milan have a chance to keep their slim hopes alive. So, I think if both teams were cautious or one was out of form it would have played into the other team's hands but i can re- i can see this being more than a nil nil draw one one draw i think there's a possibility for goals and i think there should be a possibility for a high scoring game because there is a lot of stake in this game even though they're not fighting for the scudetto
0: definitely um tom what do you think in terms of uh, who who deserves to go in as favourites? Because obviously Inter do sit in front on the table, but as far as 2018 form is concerned, Milan have been far and above Nerazzurri, so do they deserve to actually go in as favourites?
3: Um, I sort of completely agree with um, what, what's already been said about um, the rescheduling of the game. Obviously, it was in such tragic circumstances, Um but I think, in the less when it was originally meant to be played, I think Milan had the momentum going into it, and I I'd have pegged them for a a victory, a slight, a narrow victory. But then, like we said this time around, I think Inter have rediscovered a bit of form. Milan are coming into it off the back of a a respectable defeat to Juventus, but I I, I still think it, it, there's yeah there could be goals, and I I I, I wouldn't say. It's hard to pick a favourite, actually, but I, I think Milan, uh, they might not have enough to to edge it, because I think a point a point would suit Inter. AC, AC will want to go for a win, and I think Inter may pick them off as a result of AC trying to close the gap.
0: Interesting. Um, I will put you both on the spot. So you've kind of alluded to a prediction there, Tom, but... Um, We'll get it confirmed. Um, A prediction for the score and um, man of the match, starting with Vito.
2: I'm going to tip a 3-2 victory for AC Milan. My man of the match, that's going to be a tough one. I'll just wing it and just say Giacomo Bonaventura.
3: Um, I'd... uh... I think I'm going to go a 2-1 Inter victory. Um, I'd love to say a Candreva brace, but I think Icardi will get a double and uh, get man of the match as well.
0: I was going to go 3-2 Inter as well, Uh, well, like Vito, but the opposite way. But um, I was going to say Icardi, but to be different, I'll change it up and I'll stick with my man Perisic. He'll he'll get a brace and get one assist for Icardi as well. Um, Now, of course, that is a midweek game, but there were some others from the weekend, and I'll just quickly run through some of those scores. Um, Lazio against Benevento was a bit of a crazy match. Um, 6-2 to Lazio, it finished. But for a moment there, it looked like Benevento might actually pull out a a miraculous result, given they were uh, down to 10 men for most of that match but uh, Lazio keeps obviously them them in the fight for the Champions League positions and we we'll, we might briefly talk about that in a second but I'll just quickly run through these results. So Atalanta defeated Udinese 2-0, Torino smashed Cagliari 4-0, genoa spal 1-1, Fiorentina to Crotone 2, Chievo to Sampdoria 1 and that's about it but um just quickly, we'll, we'll go back to some of the repercussions of those results because wins for um, Atalanta and Fiorentina possibly keeps their hopes alive of a Europa League position. Is that fair to say, Vito? Um,
2: can you repeat the question, please? Sorry, pal, I was actually talking to you. Oh, sorry.
0: Sorry. Um, With wins for Atalanta and Fiorentina, is it realistic that they can still hope for uh, Europa League positions?
2: Uh, Atalanta, I think they're in with a very good chance of making the Europa League, whereas with Fiorentina, I think mathematically they're still in with a chance, but I think with the form they've been in this season and, of course, with uh, the circumstances regarding Astori, Uh, I think it'd be very tough for them. Probably the one thing in Fiorentina's favour is that Sampdoria are declining rapidly and we're not replicating our form like we have been in previous uh, months.
0: And Tom, uh, you know, we spoke of Lazio's result, which it was a bit of an insane game, really, and at the end Lazio just kind of ran away with it. Um, But... Uh, a important win for them I guess it was important that they didn't drop points do you still see them as a as a realistic hope for Champions League it's it looks like it's going to be a fight to the end between those three clubs now
3: um I do well I think it's uh I think Roma have I think they'll sew their place up and then I think it'll be between Inter and Lazio for the final spot um I had, if I put my neck on the line, I'd have said Lazio just because of their firepower. Um, 73 goals this season, most in the league, that's three more than Milan, uh, Juve, sorry. So they've just got um, outrageous firepower up front. But um, with Inter coming back into it the last couple of games and showing they're a bit more creative, it might have opened up again. So it's, it's one of those, I think it's it could go either way depending on a couple of bad results but um yeah i think it's definitely between inter
0: and Lazio for that final spot uh, just a quick correction i've been told that i said uh, fiorentina cretona was 2-2 it was of course a 2-0 win for fiorentina so apologies for that but Vito, i'll just i'll just stick with that the the champions league positions um and put you on the spot because I guess most of us will probably say that Roma is pretty safe in that in the top four. But who who's your prediction that in terms of dropping out of that top four
2: between Roma, Inter, and Lazio? If uh, anyone was going to chop out of the top four, probably be Lazio at the expense of Inter. But for the time being, I'm going to just stick with Lazio, keeping that fourth place. So I think they've been scoring very freely. And most of the time, Simone Inzaghi has got his tactics, right, as well as his choices in playing personnel. So I reckon in the remaining rounds of the season, they can continue in that form and maintain their momentum.
0: Okay. Uh, I think that pretty much um, does us for, in terms of the Serie A, uh, we might quickly just... Uh, Touch on the Champions League matches that are coming up. Uh, Juventus has Real Madrid and we briefly spoke about Barcelona uh, against Roma. Uh, two very tough draws for the Italian teams left. Um, guys, can we have, hold out any hope to get any of these teams through to the next round? Because it's, uh, it's going to be a tough one. Tom, what are your thoughts?
3: Uh, yeah, I think I think as we said briefly earlier, Roma's a very tough ask over two legs against Barcelona. I think it, it might just be a, a little bit too much for them. Um, although, as I said, uh, defensively Barcelona can be exposed, but when you when you have Messi, Suarez, and Coutinho up front, it's going to be difficult to keep them at your end whilst trying to get up the other end and score a goal. But um, Juventus, I think they've got a, a great chance. I uh, I think they're a, well, they're obviously a brilliant side. Real Madrid have been inconsistent in the league, although they they have pulled out some brilliant results in the Champions League, knocking out Paris, Saint-Germain over two legs. But no, I think Juventus have shown in the last few years getting to the final, they've knocked out some big teams in over two legs. So I, I see no reason why they couldn't knock Real Madrid out.
2: Vido? I don't hold out much hope for Roma, with all due respect to them. Although I do agree with Tom that Barca do have some defensive vulnerabilities. I don't believe that Roma actually has the quality to really break them down and expose the flaws in defence. So I think Barcelona should be through rather comfortably. Juventus, on the other hand, although they were beaten comprehensively in last year's final, I do think that over two legs, they can get the revenge on the Marengas. I think that... uh, Allegri is capable of getting his tactics right and uh, out coaching Zidane. So also with the return of Quadrado, he he got sent off in the final. So maybe he can redeem himself as well and show what electric pace he possesses. So I reckon uh, we will see a different game to what we saw in the final last year. And I think, uh, you know, this is one of those games that can really be a bit of a chess game, a bit of a technical tactical battle but also there are players with great technical quality as well so they can provide some spark as well all right guys i think that pretty much does
0: it for today um thanks to the guys who were in the comments weren't too many questions coming in i think um, a lot of people were off with their easter celebrations but i'm sure we'll see them back in future weeks um Otherwise, I'm sure Connor will be back, your usual host, uh, bigger and better than ever next week. So, from Vito, Tom, and myself, it's ciao for
1: now.